I am Brother Cornell West, and this is Hip Hop Can Save America. Peace and love, everybody. It's your man, Manny Faces. Just wanted to let you know that Hip Hop Can Save America is now available as a live stream show every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. You can find it at hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Excerpts from that show will be played here on the audio feed, so you'll still get the good interviews that you've been used to. But check out the live stream and check out my free Substack newsletter at mannyfaces.substack.com. That's filled with all kinds of stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and generally hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. For everything hip-hop can save America, hiphopcansaveamerica.com. For everything Manny Faces, mannyfaces.com. And if you find value in this work, you can support it. We'd love to have you aboard as a supporter at patreon.com slash mannyfaces. Now let's go. The thing about hip-hop today is it's smart. It's insightful. The the way that they can communicate uh, a complex message in a very short space is is remarkable. And a lot of these kids, they're not going to be reading the New York Times. That's not how they're getting their information. So hip hop didn't invent anything, but hip hop reinvented everything. Let's talk about the healing power of hip hop. It's in fact a book called The Healing Power of Hip Hop, which is I like I it's the best title. And I always want to say, let's talk about the healing. And I feel like I, I got to pay this guy a royalty fee every time I use this phrase. It's kind of brilliant. But anyway, uh, the author of that book and uh, the one I turn to when we discuss that topic that I want to say, because now I can't afford to say it. Uh, my good friend, Dr. Rafael Travis Jr. How are you, sir? What's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm still getting my sea legs under me with this show, but we're putting it together. It's coming together nicely, I think. I like the way you ended off there with that whole royalty for healing power of hip hop. If we can work that out, <laughs> uh, I'm should have done for that. that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have gone there. You know, a, a quick, a funny thing about that. I, I always say, you know, how the, the issue of sampling, you know, the impact that it had on hip hop and kind of stunting creativity in a lot of ways, although it, it recognizes artists and pays them their due worth, you know, there's that interesting tension, right. In, what you are able to then create if you're limited to having to get permissions, pay for samples, all that. So I'm not trying to say it's not appropriate, but the thing that I always ask about, ask people to think about is, is in the academic sense, right? So as researchers, we write based on building on the ideas of others, right? At the end of any research paper, book, chapter, all that, we have to we have a reference section where we right. acknowledge the sources from which our material came from. And I always ask, how would knowledge dissemination change if we had to pay for each reference? Mm. Right? Conceptually, it's the same thing. Right, right. right? Sampling, right. It's a, yeah. yeah. You're using mm. ideas, you're giving credit, right? You can make the same argument that within the, the artistic realm, yeah, you just list where those samples came from, everybody knows, and we keep it pushing, right? 
Um, but it's interesting in these two different domains, you have very different ideas of how you need to, to treat uh, what other people created. Right. The cost of intellectual property, you know, but it's, it's, uh, it, it is, it is parallel. I never thought of it that way. It's brilliant. Right. Yeah. Imagine how knowledge would be stunted, right? We couldn't, we couldn't create, we couldn't yeah. continue to explore and, and uh, write about things in the same way. And I bring that up to students all the time. And I ask them, how would your paper be different if you had to pay mm. for uh, what you put out there? But it's an interesting thing. Yeah. That being said, first of all, how old is, is the book? Uh, we've talked about it on the show before, I've interviewed you before, and you gave the whole rundown of it. And just briefly, if anyone's not familiar with it, what's that book about? Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to believe that uh, December 2015, it'll be eight years next month, which is mm -hmm. really unbelievable. But The Healing Power of Hip Hop, uh, it really meant to do a couple of things. You know, the first and, and most important was to kind of celebrate the therapeutic and healing aspects of the culture. I think many of us like yourself and people who I like to call cultural ambassadors, people that were birthed and kind of grew up within hip hop, you know, without even thinking of it as, as having a name. It's just, it was a part of the air that, that we breathe. <laughs> right. A lot of us recognize the importance, how it was useful for us, uh, how it was useful for us to understand ourselves, to, to make sense of the world around us, to think about, you know, outside of the traditional school setting, what are ways that we could express and create and engage and, and have some sort of agency in the way that we showed up in the world. We knew that. Right. Uh, so that was a, a big part of what I wanted to try and give a language and structure for. Translate it. Yeah. And yeah. And so that was one of the key pieces of it. Um, but it was, I also really wanted to look at it within the context of the Black community, right? There is some, obviously there's some universal elements that are empowering and, and that was part of it too, is right? Like, why is it globally recognized and appreciated as a culture? Why can communities in Australia and South Africa and Hawaii and, uh, you name it. Why? Why was it a powerful tool for people to, you know, latch on to and and be excited about and have voice and agency in in the world? Um, but why was it also uniquely important and special for the black community? Right, mm. thinking of the immediate context of uh, 1973 forward, but also the the more distal you know, roots of the culture and, and the Black experience. And so, yeah. you know, as a researcher, you know, we write papers, we do talks and things like that. But in, in many ways, we don't really get the opportunity to really dig deep and explore concepts and ideas. And so in the book format, it really gave me a chance to, to kind of really stretch out some of these ideas and explore and elaborate. The, the third piece, too, was uh, the particular model with which uh, I viewed hip hop culture being in power. And there are a lot of different voices and, and people talking about through their lens, but it was an opportunity for me to, to speak through my lens, um, particularly yeah. around these concepts of empowerment and risk. Yeah, there's a lot of those ways to look at it. What's one 
you know, particular avenue that, like you said, your aspect, your your view that, you know, you latch on to? Yeah, so I found in my work that there are these five narratives that continually show up when we kind of sit and digest uh, the culture. And they're narratives of esteem, resilience, growth, community, and social change. Mm. And those come up regularly in all acts, you know, expressive aspects of the culture. And those are the things that we have the ability to latch onto and, you know, really have a useful purpose behind engaging, right? So the more mm. that we can engage around narratives of esteem, the better we understand ourselves, the better we can explore, you know, who we want to be, uh, the more we can explore how we react individually to the circumstances that we're in. Now, the more that we understand how we cope with adversity and the ways that we decide to, um, you know, that, that constant conversation around survival mode versus, you know, surviving versus thriving, right? That's a, that's a, a universal everyday decision that people have to make in terms of how they cope, particularly when you're talking about communities that are oppressed and marginalized and don't have a voice and have limited means and are, you know, are facing just a bevy of, of trauma inducing situations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And so uh, the flip side of that too, is understanding how things that are empowering and helpful can also be harmful. Right. And a lot of times we miss that, right? It's, you know, under the guise of, you know, I gotta, gotta do what I gotta do, right? By any means necessary, I got, I gotta get mine, you know, right. Right. which we do, we have to survive, <laughs> we have to live, we have to be able to deal with really difficult, challenging situations, oftentimes situations that the average person would not want to deal with. But at the same time, we have to recognize both the short and long-term implications of, of how we deal with these situations. Yeah. And I want to get into the other book, the new book uh, and the, and the event you have coming up. Uh, Andrew uh, said it would be cool if therapists, psychologists, guidance counselors would utilize uh, aspects. He later says, I meant concepts would utilize concepts recognized in the book and uh, that his sister is a school psychologist and he would love for her to incorporate hip hop concepts with her clients. Well, I mean, we talk about citations and we talk about how some of the concepts in the book have translated to real world situations. Can you just give an idea for anyone who listening who is in a school situation or, or is in a mental health capacity that isn't really hip, you know, hip to the idea of hip hop as being sort of a conduit? What are some real life examples that may have spawned from some of the you know, concepts that you've come up with or that you and others have you know, coalesced around? Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, there are a lot of people that have reached out to me to learn more about the concepts and to use it in their work. What's great is for me as a lyrical person, we've had this conversation. A lot of my early interest in the work has been on utilizing existing material as 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 a doorway to right. important therapeutic conversations, right? So we have song after song after song. I, I think about songs as as being part of a library, right? We have this mm. continually expanding library of content that people can draw from that open the door to really important conversations about identity, about you know who we think we are, 
acknowledging and validating the really difficult situations that you, you know young people find themselves in. A lot of times people feel like, oh, I'm the only one going through this or people don't understand. Mm. And music allows us to begin to have these conversations and wrestle with really difficult dilemmas that people face and how they should move forward, both at the individual level and at the community level. Uh, but then additionally, there's the creative side, right? So right. using the culture as an opportunity for young people to express what's going on. So it's not mm -hmm. as much using the content to analyze and, and begin having these difficult conversations, but it's allowing people to have a voice to be able to talk about things in a way that you know, the average therapeutic, you know, the traditional rather therapeutic right. relationship is, hey, tell me about what's going on. And right. people don't want to just tell you what's going on. <laughs> these difficult things. And, right. And I say you know, even in class, like when they're growing up, they'd be like, you know, write a poem about how you feel. And it's in the like, you know, you're learning Shakespeare and poetry, poetry. And like, I don't write poetry, poetry, bro. But yeah. if you had asked me, even as 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 young as we are, if you had asked me back then, you know, well, write a rap about it. Oh, I would have been like, let's go. I'll, you're going to yeah. find out everything about me. Exactly. And one of the things that I write about is, is we also have the opportunity to sort of scaffold activities, right? Mm. So maybe we start out listening to a song, talking about certain themes as right. something not personal, but related to what we're looking at or analyzing, that's step one. And then maybe we explore some concepts that we know are developmentally important, right? Like resilience, like, you know, turning over a new leaf or thinking differently about a situation. And then maybe we move into the creation, right? right? But we've had the chance to sort of plant the seeds Right. of these things that we know are important and move from things that are less threatening to right. something that's more vulnerable. Right. And as, and as many also talk about, then you've also now you've created rapport. You've created. Exactly. A, right. By the know. time you get to the thing that's personal, right. We're good now. Right. You know? Right. And then you throw in some technology, you got buttons and lights and equipment. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you can show me how to make my own track. You can show me how to make my own beat. You right. can show me how to mix. You can show, you know, that in and of itself is exciting. It's new. Uh, and then that has extensions of its own, right? Then it's empowering you do these things with a professional. You can do these things on your own. Right. You've given, right? you've been given, you know, teach a, you know, teach a kid to fish. Exactly. <laughs> right. And, and I think, you know, honestly, that's one of the more challenging things to help people that aren't familiar with the culture to understand is they're like, you know, a lot of times I get, well, give me the intervention, right? What's the curriculum? It's not a curriculum. It's a right. system of, of ideas and ways to think about engaging people that's limitless in its flexibility. Mm. But you have to move beyond this sort of cookie cutter curriculum focused right. way of thinking about the culture. And that's, and, you know, your conversations, I think, are important. Like you continue to push the, the significance of understanding the culture. If you understand the richness of the culture, then you understand, I mean, the toolbox is limitless. Right. You know, 
Right. That's really interesting. The con- confining it to a curriculum. I, I've got some other things happening. I'm doing some workshops, education based. It's very interesting, very cool. And I'm bringing some of the collective stuff that I've learned to the table. And that's something that comes up. It's like, you know, well, we got to see the, you know, how does it tie into the curriculum? And I'm like, I'm, I'm giving you inspiration. You're going to figure out how it ties into the curriculum exactly. because if you don't have the inspiration. I'm just going to like, it's a, I'm going to give you tools, but I'm trying to teach you how to build your own tools. That makes sense. You know, and I think that's part of it. If you, if you have an understanding, authentic connection and understanding of the, of the culture and everything that comes with it, then you don't have to be told step one, step two, step three, you'll kind of figure it out intersecting to how you're working or how you see the world. And that's where the remix comes. Right. And it gives agency back to the practitioner, right? right. Because that's what I'm have, saying. They yeah. They're all unique skills that, that I don't have. Right? right. They have the relationship with right. the, the, the kids, with the system, with the organization, with the community. Yeah. Right. Brilliant. Yep. So we talk about hip hop, obviously front and center. Uh, I think this segues nicely into the book, the, the new book that you, you've got, you, you've worked on. Uh, because, you know, music in general, also in schools in many different ways. This is the, I'm going to put on the screen now for people to see. Music for Inclusion and Healing in Schools and Beyond. It's the name of the book, Hip Hop, Techno, Grime, and more. Pete Dale, Pamela Bernard, and Raphael Travis. Can you explain, uh, if you would, the the log line, the elevator pitch, uh, the uh, synopsis of this new tomb that's coming out uh, fairly soon? Absolutely. I'm incredibly excited about this project. Worked on with Pete Dale and and Pamela Bernard as part of a a broader effort, the Cumin Network, uh, which is really meant to help build awareness around thinking differently about how music is integrated within education. It's slightly different than kind of the conversations from the the hip hop ed community in, in that this focuses it focuses on school in general, but it really does look closely at music education. So mm-hmm. thinking about what have historically been some of the limitations within music uh, education, most significantly stereotyping around music like hip hop, drill, grime, uh, bringing in uh, music technology. Uh, and there is a, a, a UK bent to this. Okay. project. Um, and you'll find that looking at a lot of the authors and participants. So in many ways, it's a it's a UK and US centric, but obviously global in recognizing the significance globally. Yeah. But it, it looks at three particular areas. The first part is looking more traditionally at curriculum in music education. And one of the things for me personally that I really enjoyed about this and and it has come up a lot in in my work in the UK uh, with the UK scene is the prominence of DJing, mm. uh, DJing and right. youth work and DJing and thinking about the the role of DJing and music education has been much greater than at least what I've seen here. Uh, not saying it, it doesn't exist, and you know mm. maybe I'm in my own silo. But it was something that I was really, really excited. There are several chapters focused squarely on DJing. One of the forwards is by Mark Katz, who wrote the book on DJing. He's at UNC, uh, has a new book coming out. Um, I got his book build right here on the shelf. Yeah. 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 And he's got a new one coming. He's always got new. Everyone got books coming out. I'm (laughs) working on it, damn it. Yeah. Your turn. (laughs) Your next. Your turn. 
Um, so the first part looks at curriculum and music education. I, I played a significant role in the second part, which focuses on healing and wellness. I'm really excited. Every chapter in that section is amazing, um, but it really looks at mental health, well-being, mm. um, a lot of testimonials in that section as well. Some of the people that will be featured at this conference that uh, is coming up this week are in, in my section. So we have right. a chapter from Nathan Gearing. We have a chapter from Elliot Gann. Uh, there's a chapter that I'm incredibly excited on uh, with me, Alex Crook, and Ian Levy focused on intentional use. And, and that's something that I've been working a lot more on is thinking about it from a, a self-care perspective. So obviously, mm. You know, we're talking about different activities and experiences that are professional led, you know, from therapists and mental health and counselors and educators, but really thinking about what people do on their own. Right. Right. How do people engage music? Why? What's their motivation? Um, and really looking at, again, through my lens of empowerment, what are those things that contribute to empowering music engagement? For example, uh, simply being interested in learning more about your own race and ethnicity, right? Wanting to explore, you know, who you are as an individual. Also things like uh, wanting specifically to do better, you know, uh, ha you know having a motivation for being better, uh, being a better person, things like that, that contributes. So if I'm actively wanting to better myself, then I'm more likely to pull empowering experiences out of the music that I engage. And that, mm. for me, that's important. From a job security standpoint, obviously we want people <laughs> coming to us, right? To help them with whatever interventions we use, whether it's basketball or music or whatever. Right. But at the same time, we know that people don't always have access to services. We also know that even when people do access services, sometimes it's not a good match or they feel like the person doesn't have their best interest in mind. Right. There's some you know, cultural mismatch going on. Yeah. So there's lots of reasons that people do not have that consistent access to a professional. And so if that is the case, but at the same time, we know that people have healthy and empowering experiences with music, how can we facilitate that? Right. So anyway, yeah. that's uh, one of the chapters that's in there as well. Mm -hmm. And then the last section in that book is about evaluation, right? What are the desired outcomes that we want to see? Uh, what do we need to think about in terms of, uh, you know, if these are good ideas, which they are, but if these are good ideas, how are we measuring and evaluating the impact? Right. Metrics. That's a really exciting book. <laughs> I'm, I'm incredibly happy. Uh, it'll, I think uh, they said the 17th is the official um, publishing date. And right. they'll start mailing stuff out. And it says you should get it by December 1st. So, Okay. Yeah. So it's a, basically you can pre-order it now and get it uh, ready. Uh, is, there a, is there a preferred place to go to? Yeah, I think, you know, it's best if we go through Oxford Publishing, mm -hmm. uh, the official <laughs> publishing site. But as we know, you know, we're, we're creatures of convenience. And so, <laughs> you know, if you want to go the easy route, uh, it is on Amazon. Wherever it might be. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
All right. We are looking to get some discount codes soon. So, you know, if for whatever reason, I, th- I still think you should order now, but for right. whatever reason, you know, you get paid at the beginning of the next month. Um, <laughs> right. Maybe there'll be some, some discount codes coming out. Yeah. Or you're self-employed and you get paid whatever. It'll yeah. happen. At some point, I'll be able to. All right. Very dope. I put the uh, the link in there. And of course, if you sign up, if folks who are listening, if you signed up to my uh, newsletter at mannyfaces.substack.com. You'll get information like this all the time. And of course, we'll have that linked and remind you if you don't do it tonight, I'll remind you, I'll be on your case. How about that? Now, uh, lastly, although we could talk for days, because you'll be presenting at the Global Conference for Hip Hop Education as well, as you mentioned, uh, as well as Elliot Gann, Dr. Gann will be there. He's been on the show. He's a good friend of the friend of the room, as they say. But later this month, uh, you're going to have uh, your own shindig happening. Shindig, I don't want to say shindig. Like, I, don't, I don't even know what a shindig is. And like, it's the saying we've always said. And I'm like, well, I'm going to find out like it's some racist stuff. that <laughs> I can't say these old words. Yeah. What's the conceptual roots of uh, I got to Let me, let me take it back. Let me, back. let me bring it back. And on, that in, on Netflix. <laughs> you didn't see that one? No, I have not seen that one. <laughs> Oh boy, you know, cancel me for shindig. Uh, uh, gathering of brilliant, like-minded folks uh, at Hip Hop's Next 50 at Texas State. Tell me a little bit about this event. This happening Wednesday, November 15th. It is an in-person event uh, happening at on the campus. And uh, just give me the rundown. Well, first and foremost, uh, I want to thank you as you will be the gracious host opening the day for us. Uh, so we, we can't leave Appreciate that, that unsaid. Um, <laughs> Uh, but but aside from you starring uh, to help get things going, uh, mm. Hip Hop's Next 50, uh, I wanted to do something in recognition of, you know, what we are all celebrating this year is the 50th year of, of hip hop culture. Um, although there's apparently a lot of, you know, yep. uh, controversy around that, but, you know. Yep. Discourse. Uh, yeah, I wanted to do something, but. Honestly, as a, you know, a person kind of, as my grandfather would say, getting long in the tooth, um, you know, as an older person. Stop with these uh, old sayings, man. You don't know what that means. We got to. Yeah, you know, I can't help but continue to come back to how are things different than they were and and ultimately where are things going Go right yeah. mm-hmm. every single day it, it seems like there's more tension around it, what is the direction it's wrong it's not like it was you know there's mm-hmm. there's so much consternation around it and i find yeah. myself continually and i'm working with young people and and real there are qualitative differences in terms of how i engage the culture and in the ways that young people engage the culture and so um the the question that i kept coming back to is is what's next you know what what is this gonna look like at you know hip-hop 100 (laughs) Uh, right so that's something that i really wanted to to explore but equally as significant that I wanted to do is I think with some of these generational, div- not divides, but gaps in how we experience the culture, even our generation, uh, a lot of faculty and, and people don't understand the breadth and depth and richness of the culture. And so I wanted to bring a, some different voices to talk about 
different ways that uh, people are working and exploring uh, the culture. So there's two parts, right? So thinking about the next 50 years of hip hop and also trying to provide a platform for just the variety of uh, ways that people are currently working within the culture. So we have uh, Charles Clark III, who I'm extraordinarily excited. Um, He's doing two feature parts uh, and he's gonna talk about his work around uh, exploring the, the life and times of Pimp C, but from a very different angle than kind of the larger community thinks about Pimp C, or at least the mainstream culture. Yeah. He has uh, a really exciting video essay uh, in oral history with, and and he makes it a point to say with Chad Butler, as opposed to saying with Pimp C. Okay. Um, while he was incarcerated and you see a very different side of of him as a human being and i think that's something that that everybody should see mm. and for me you know personally it aligns with a big part of what i explore as we talked about that duality of empowerment and risk right mm. so in one way how someone's lived experience could be incredibly empowering to them as an individual and even to others but then also at the same time, what may be risky uh, about the content, about how people experience the content, mm. uh, about the sort of ripple effects of engaging content in a certain way. Um, I'm super excited that he is able to join us. Uh, we also will have uh, Nathan Gearing, who also I've been trying to get to campus for a long time. And as you know, his work is just incredible. Uh, He comes through the lens of, not limited to, but comes through the lens of breaking culture and really applies the culture in just some extraordinary ways, particularly with, uh, in terms of the access, accessibility community, uh, thinking about physical rehabilitation, uh, also through the PTSD lens, Mm. uh, just some incredible work that he does. And it really touches on a lot of different disciplines, a, a lot of different professional communities, I think can can value, uh, gain value from the work that he does. Uh, we'll also have Elliot uh, talking about his work uh, in therapeutic beat making. Right. And so it's just an extraordinary day. Uh, we have more dancers than I've ever had within <laughs> kind of the workshops and things that I do. We have uh, another dancer coming down from Dallas, Emmy uh, Matsushita, who will be joining us. Uh, I met her at the uh, Hip Hop Ed Conference in New York earlier okay. this year, and it just so happens that she's from uh, Dallas, right up the road. Right. We have some local superstars. We'll have Saul Paul. He's international mm. uh, prominence through his work. Just an absolutely extraordinary individual. And so he'll be there. Babu Blakes will also join us. Uh, We'll have Chris Jeter coming from Richmond, who does mindfulness and hip hop. He's also Mm. an artist. So this is happening Wednesday, November 15th. uh, And you're in Austin. So I live in Austin. But yeah, so uh, Texas State University is in San Marcos, which is about uh, 30 miles south of Austin uh, and also about a 45 minutes north of San Antonio. Right. Uh, so right in between two. Yeah, so if, you, if you're in the area, yeah, you know, you don't have to be 
right there. You don't have to go to that college. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to know us. You don't need a secret code. It is open to the public, right? Yeah. that And that's actually a really, really important point. We really made a, a concerted effort to let people know that it's for the community. It, it's yeah. housed at the university, but it is very much a community event. It's free. It'll be going on all day from 9 to 9.30. We'll have a, a beat-making contest, beat battle that evening. And yeah, it's just going to be a, a really exciting day. I wish I was a little closer. But you can check uh, all the information. But can they look this up? At? I, I had a link and now I lost it. There is an event, right? In, yep, uh, I got it. Event, right for it. Yeah. Yep. We'll share that in the in the thing. Uh, I'll get. I'll have a, a newsletter edition out by then. So if you sign up for the newsletter at mannyfaces.substack.com, you, you hear about this. This sounds amazing. Where could I find out about all these things? That's what I'm doing. So we'll have it there. We'll remind people. I will be. Uh, I am honored, and I thank you. I think anybody who puts me in anything and, and says, hey, man, you should be a part of this thing. I particularly love the work that you're doing because of this field, you know, because of how important it is. It's it's your, you know, I don't, you know one of my favorites because it's just such important work. It does such great quality stuff. The way you also work with the you know, STEM programs and, and working that that aspect of education into the mix is super, super inspiring. And uh, and so I'm honored to be a part of it. Uh, and I'll hopefully say better words than I'm muttering now to try to you know, express my gratitude, but it's going to be dope. And I will be the least uh, impressive of this entire afternoon. I'm sure these folks are amazing. Thank you, man. And the feeling is mutual. Um, the respect is uh, enormous. And since we're on, I have to mention because of your hat, I don't know <laughs> if you have it on in the background, but I always put in work against the Clippers tonight. Did they? Uh, the new and improved Clippers with the four Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famers. It's going to be uh, interesting. We, we let them know what time it is. All and right. We are, we are serious and to be dealt with this year. There you go. <laughs> That's what's yeah. up. I saw I before know. that it was kind of, you know, uh, neck and neck. So I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear it. Because the, the Knicks be nicking, man. But that's, you know, we, we did all right. RJ back. Well, you know, that's RJ, facts. He was, he's came out, he came out the gate this season yeah. and he's, and he's looking fantastic. Uh, you know, and I'm really happy about that. And then you got 40 pieces from Brunson. I mean, you know, and, and a good supporting cast. So if, uh, if Jules can get cooking, then. That's the question mark. Well, listen, I appreciate it. Um, I'm glad we're going to cross paths uh, in a couple of days. And, uh, and like I said, I'm honored to be involved in anything that you put together. I'll always uh, come forward, help out any way I can, spread the love or be in, uh, you know, participate. Uh, anything else that I've missed? I mean, you're doing like nine, you got books, you got events, you got basketball updates. Like, is there anything else uh, that people need to know? Well, I, I can't not plug uh, my, my latest mixtape that's out. So I dabble oh, in the creative that's side That's right. Of okay, so facts. I, yeah. A new mixtape just dropped last week. Uh, it's called Independence 2. Independence, the mixtape had a first independence, uh, but this is the second one. And, you know, kind of exploring how we think of, of freedom, you know, back on that concept of resilience, right? How do we decide to cope and how do we rationalize our decisions about what is the right way to do things? And, and, and hip hop is rich with that, right? You know, it's these, these narratives, these rags to riches narratives and how we overcome poverty. And, but those are all choices and how we do so. And, there's a lot of great music that explores that. And uh, so I got, got some nice tracks and 
And that's something that I'm also talking about is, you know, how making mixes can be therapeutic, right? It's like right. beyond just making a playlist. Playlists are also potentially therapeutic, but there's also something about actually kind of weaving together mixes. And, you know, DJs do it all the time on the decks, um, but you can do it through digital platforms and stuff. And so, right. uh, so check it out, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. As as you know, as you know, I DJed as well, and it's another one of those things that, and I made beats. You know, I was a you know, producer for a number of years as well. It's one of those things that we go. We'll take it back to the beginning when we were talking tonight, where it's like we inherently have these connections to things that can give us self help, right? That we do through music. I remember there was a time that I was going through a breakup, and I don't know what it was. I was stressed out, and I was you know, mm, and uh, my 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 brother from another mother, the late great Coleman, uh, who was staying with me at the time, he lived with me and lived with me and my mother. And we would do music together, you know, me and him. And But he was just around. He just would be there. Something happened and days, weeks, I don't know how long it was. It was pretty bad. But at some point, she's downstairs in the kitchen with Coleman. They're just, you know, milling about. And you hear muffled through the upstairs of the house, you know. You hear like the thumping of a bass kick drum repetitively. And she looked at him. He looked at her and she said, he's back. You know what I mean? And it was like, that was the thing that was helping me come out of that breakup. It was like, let me just get back to doing these beats. And yeah. it made, you know, and it made me feel better. It was a comfortable place to be. And I couldn't have told you that that's how I do it or couldn't have maybe ex expressed it or explained it, but it's what I did and it's where I ended up. And that's how I emerged. And it pulled me out of that darkness doing the creative thing that I love to do that, I felt I could do differently, if not better than anybody else. You know what I mean? And that I was creating something that day that was mine and it maybe was filled. Maybe those kick drums were an expression of how I felt. You know what I mean? Like whatever it was, that's, I was back and it was yeah. through that. And I, I wouldn't have even known until I meet folks like you 30 years later that that's what was happening. I was yeah. using this music and this culture and this creative connection to help myself, self-help. You know what I mean? And that's what's beautiful about the culture is yeah. it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. You know? yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah, you man. so much for the invitation to be a part of this. And I uh, really enjoy vibing with you, man. As, as always, as always, I'm glad you're here in the, in the early days, uh, just to let people know how incredible this is. Uh, this is no joke. This is, we're not playing around. This is your uh, Instagram, right? Uh, Rap TJR. And of course, you're on a bunch of platforms and you share, like you say, you share mixes, you share other DJs sets a lot. You know, you're just very sharing and sharing is caring. Someone told me once says, I think it was a bear. And so I just want to point people in your direction. Look you up. You have a very unique name. which you'll They'll find you very easily. Uh, although I guess you're a junior, so not that unique. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but thank you again, my man. Anything you got, you let me know and I'll spread love to whoever's paying attention to me anytime. That's what's up. Thanks All right, my friend. Peace and love. We'll see you soon. All right. Yep. Once again, Dr. Rafael Travis Jr., Texas State, the healing power of hip hop. It is a real thing. It's also a real book. Go get it. I got to get it. I don't have one. You got to bring me a book, bro. Anyway, I'll buy it. No, they're going to bring me one. I'll buy it. Uh, anyway, so that's that. Healing power of hip hop. Again, Texas State. Uh, there's going to be a great conference there November 15th. Once again, thanks for listening to another episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, a.k.a. the world's most important hip hop podcast. My name is Manny Faces. You can find out more about the show at hiphopcansaveamerica.com. You can watch the show now as a live stream on YouTube, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. 
check back for all the replays as well. The interviews from the live stream will be brought here onto the audio feed, so you always get the best of the live stream. You can also check out our Substack newsletter. It's free at mannyfaces.substack.com, filled with stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and in general, hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. <laughs> Eternal shouts to our consulting producer, Summer McCoy. Be sure to check out her dope initiatives, Hip Hop Hacks, and the Mixtape Museum. We'll be back soon with another dope episode, but check us out on the live stream as well. Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern, hiphopcasaveamerica.com slash watch. Until next time, it's Manny Faces wishing peace and love to you and yours. Once again, thanks for listening to another episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, a.k.a. the world's most important hip hop podcast. My name is Manny Faces. You can find out more about the show at hiphopcansaveamerica.com. You can watch the show now as a live stream on YouTube, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Check back for all the replays as well. The interviews from the live stream will be brought here onto the audio feed, so you always get the best of the live stream. You can also check out our Substack newsletter. It's free at mannyfaces.substack.com filled with stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and in general, hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. <laughs> Eternal shouts to our consulting producer, Summer McCoy. Be sure to check out her dope initiatives, Hip-Hop Hacks, and the Mixtape Museum. We'll be back soon with another dope episode, but check us out on the live stream as well. Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern, hiphopcasaveamerica.com slash watch. Until next time, it's Manny Faces wishing peace and love to you and yours.